you believed in the partnership and you stuck yep. by me and it's something that I'm forever grateful for, man. So uh, oh, I'm going to shed a tear on camera, <laughs> mate. <laughs> So here we are. This is the very first episode of Defiant Talk. Uh, I'm your co-host, Sid, and my business partner and co-host, Jamie. Uh, man, super, super pumped to finally start this. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about it for about a year now. Um, yeah, I'm excited to just uh, get our listeners to find out a little bit more about yourself and yeah, myself. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm really keen to see uh, some of the people that we have coming through as well. It's going to be a lot of value for for everyone that's tuning in. So, um, but yeah, I guess the first first episode is is our story um, for everyone that, you know, wouldn't be as familiar with us. Yeah. Um, where do we start? <laughs> How did we become defiant? Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a good starting point. But before we kind of delve into that, I just wanted to talk a little bit uh, and I would want our listeners to know a little bit more about you. So who is Jamie? Oof, putting me on the spot with the first <laughs> question, eh? <laughs> Man, I would say um, I'm just a, a hardworking individual. Um, I've had a career in music, which, uh, you know, was really, really exciting at the time and took me a lot of places, took me all over the globe. And I think I've just had uh, that sort of work ethic in me um, from the very early days. So me as a person, I'm just someone that works hard, has big dreams, big vision, um, and I just love seeing that come to life in what I do. So that sums me up as a person. Awesome, man. Yeah. So take us back to how that wild ride actually started. Uh, what did it take for you to actually become a, a, a world-renowned producer and DJ? What was the first step? How does a kid, um, you know, producing in his bedroom become this worldwide kind of success and playing in front of thousands of people? Um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, so uh, in school, I had a couple of older mates who were, you know, DJs and they were getting me into clubs underage and things like that. And that was where the love of music started. I saw the whole club scene. I saw uh, just producers making a name for themselves. And it was just something that I, I fell in love with at that time. Uh, and then Afrojack was actually an artist that just his sound. I just, I remember in my head, just thinking I have to learn how to make this kind of thing. I don't know what this is, but I have to learn how to make it. Um, so, uh, you know, sort of checked out his interviews, podcasts, exactly like this. And then, you know, hearing about his process and the way he does things, I just, I fell in love with it, started doing it myself. And my goal was to actually be signed to his label or have him support my music. And everything I did was geared around that. So it was crazy when it actually ended up happening probably about five years after I started got signed to his label, all of a sudden he was supporting my music, Hardwell, Tiesto, Calvin Harris, um, pretty much pretty much all of the big dogs that I was looking up to. And that was the journey. I mean, I started off, you know, it's the classic story of starting off at pub gigs or 21st and, yep. and things like that. Um, started where everyone else starts and just had the hunger to, to get it. And every time I'd put out a track, getting that response just encouraged me to keep going. do it again, keep, keep it going again, like, and, and come back to the table with something fresh for my audience. So yeah, that was my music career. Um, and that's, that's how it began. Awesome, man. I think uh, one thing that 
uh, the listeners might not know is the fact that you're an artist, but you're not actually trained classically as a musician. So is it, is it correct that you can't actually play an instrument? Yeah, not at all. I don't know any instruments at all. Piano, I don't know anything. So everything I've done has been just by ear, listening to it. If it sounds That's right. That's insane, man. Cool. Yeah. Insane. Props to you, man. Thanks, man. What about you? I want to ask, I want to give our audience a, a bit of a background story of you and, and hear, hear your story too. So I, I understand that as a young athlete, you're basically a young athlete. Correct. So you started off your life in swimming. So tell yep. us, take us back to that. Yeah. So where do we start? So I, uh, I was actually born in Rome um, and then kind of, yeah, made the move um, over here. Um, there's a swimming was what I wanted to pursue and the dream was always to become an Olympic champion. Um, when I was, uh, yeah, 18, I moved over to the Gold Coast to really pursue that dream uh, within a performance squad in, uh, in Southport. Um, it didn't really play out for me, but more than that, it was really the realize, uh, realization that uh, I had to deploy self-awareness within who I was as a person. And I started realizing that, you know, within each comp and every final, I was, you know, like this much shorter than everyone else, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I basically had a, this inner dialogue that was kind of like, you know, you could perhaps swim for another eight years and, and be lucky to make a relay team. Because uh, I was a sprinter, I used to swim 50, 100 freestyle and 50, 100 butterfly. Uh, but that was never the dream. So um, it was really hard for me to kind of let go of that Olympic dream. So as soon as I ended my swimming career, I actually got into kayaking because I was like, you know, like as a swimmer, I was all upper body strength and I'm like, I could perhaps replicate the movement into kayaking. Um, but then there was no real passion for it. And it was more a, uh, I guess, a segue to kind of let go a little bit easier of that uh, Olympic dream. And um and from that point on, I really started getting involved into clubs. I had a bit of a following at the time. And one, like looking back at it, one of my, uh, you could call it, you know, superpower is really attention hacking. I, I'm very good at, um, it's, it's a natural skill of mine to kind of become that center of attention. And when I was 16, I was actually casted for uh, underbelly. So that was my first go at, you know, uh, TV per se. Um, which didn't really eventuate into anything, but I wasn't really passionate about acting uh, or whatnot, but it, it kind of built a foundation for me and a level of attention that I, I then transitioned into clubs. Um, so it started off as a, uh, as a, you know, as a young promoter, um, moved up through the ranks. All of a sudden, within a year and a half, I was running one of uh, uh, Sydney's and Australia's biggest club nights, which was, uh, was called The Usual Suspects back in 2013. Um, yeah, you, the usual suspects went on to become the best club night in Australia for three years running. I and remember I was it a, very, yeah. very well. And yeah. that's and that's actually how you and I yeah. connected, right? Yeah. So um, I started booking Jamie, or you know, I was an artist liaison first uh, early days. So I was the guy that would make sure that Jamie had everything sorted for his gig. Uh, would you know bring yeah, he bottles? Definitely, to he him. definitely had the bottles uh, sorted <laughs> very, very well. I'll give yeah, you that. There were, there were fun days back then, yeah. and then you know uh, that kind of allowed me to rub shoulders with some of the biggest names in um in the music world uh you know rubbing shoulders with people like Avicii, Zed, Drake, Gorgon City uh eventually Prince three months before he died um so that was kind of an introduction for me into that world and and I realized that um and I think it's something that we actually realized together too uh, by building this company it's that 
you know, it was never about the music industry, but it was about our ability to actually hack intention and turn that into revenue, whether it was, you know, your music career mm -hmm. or whether it was my uh, entrepreneurial and promotional career. So if I could actually define myself as a, as a person, I'm an entrepreneur, promoter, merchant. Uh, I'm very good at hacking attention and, and turning that into something that's more concrete than just, uh, than just you know, vanity. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and I think as well, one thing about you that I've seen is I think your swimming in your early days uh, has given you some kind of momentum or discipline in your life. Like everything that you do, you have that discipline that, you'd, that you've gotten from the swimming career. Like, you know, getting up at 4 a.m., you, you were saying like waking up so early, getting your morning started. Yeah. Your morning ritual is... Like, I wish I could have yeah. a morning ritual Man, like we're that. We're getting so there, we're getting there. We're getting there one step at a time. <laughs> started meditating now, so, you know. I love um, that about you, yeah, man. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're convincing me to go down that route a bit better, which is, is what I need. makes me so happy, man. Yeah. I guess for those who don't know, let's explain the story about how Defiant actually happened. Because, yep. you know, we started off our relationship in the club land, yep. yourself as a promoter, me as a DJ, but then for a couple of years there, we didn't really... I guess weren't on the same path yeah. or whatever the case was. We yeah. just, you know, Kinda for no apart, reason, yeah. yeah, grew apart, but just uh, with our careers. But then all of a sudden it's, it's kind of came together again. So 360, right? Yeah. What was That's the back, from your end, what was the backstory to, to how that all happened? So, I mean, uh, progressing from uh, working in the music music industry, there was a, there was a crucial moment uh, here in New South Wales, which was the lockouts. So the lockout laws basically prohibited um, people from uh, entering clubs past 1.30 a.m., which really affected the whole of the entertainment hospitality scene. So I saw that more as an opportunity rather than a... Um, you know, a death sentence. So uh, from that point on, I started getting approached by, you know, bigger club owners and started moving towards more of the sponsorship and partnership side of uh, entertainment. Um, and um, yeah, I started working for a uh, really big club that was based in Double Bay and realized pretty soon that their business model was completely different from how we used to run clubs or how you used to play. So instead of paying money to actually get a headliner that would bring people in, the way that these clubs work is uh, approach brands that would actually pay to host events, but that specific brand would actually pull people that would pay to be associated with it. So it was a financial play that was a win-win from both ends rather than, than having to outlay cash to actually bring a headline on board. And I thought that that was super clever. So. I mean, at the time, I um, yeah, I I met this beautiful girl. Uh, kind of got into a relationship, and about a year into the relationship, you know, she sat me down and she was like, "Look, you know, most of your best friends and people that you hang around with is 45 years old plus, and they're dating, you know, 22 year old supermodels. They're like, is, is that what you want to do?" I was kind of like. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, so it really made me think and I was like, this is not what I want to do. Uh, and basically from there, I decided to set up a, a media agency which would run the venues that at the time I was kind of looking after, um, starting off with Casablanca in Double Bay. And, uh, and that's how my agency career kind of started. Um, and then, yeah, we got to a point which was early 2019 
And um, I think I was on my way out to Coachella. You send me a message going, hey man, like I've been seeing like you posting about marketing and, and everything that you're doing within that space. Uh, I'd love to have a chat. And that's, I guess, what uh, was the, the first trigger to actually- um, Reconnect again after all those years. Yeah, yeah. so um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that meeting. Yeah, so from, from that, like at that time, I think I was, I'd started Defiant because I actually had Defiant as a management company. Mm-hmm. It was managing a couple artists. So I had the name Defiant Management at the time. Um, and then I just really started looking into what am I doing for artists that I could do for businesses? Or what was I doing for myself as an artist with my record label and my own artist promotion that I could then apply to businesses? And all of a sudden your market becomes a couple of artists that you work for to pretty much every single business that you come across. Yeah. That was a bit of a light bulb moment for me uh, at the start of 2019, which triggered me to start this agency thing and start looking into it and start researching. Um, And I think right around the time I hit you up, I saw you posting a lot of copywriting. You were doing a lot of blogs about marketing, about Facebook ads and things like that. And I was like, perfect. This the guy's, power of content, right? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're on the same page where this guy's a like-minded individual trying to do something that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So really I said, let's meet up, but I did, wasn't expecting anything yeah, what, other what really. Was a, what was the expectation when you hit me up? I was in a phase, in that early phase, I was just wanting to network with as many people as I can because I was stepping into a new territory yep. from music to marketing. So my idea was just, speak to everyone, uh, book meetings, do free work, whatever the case is, just get myself out there as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, we'd been really good mates for years. So when I saw that, it was just a good opportunity to catch up too. That's yeah. all I was really expecting yeah. of it. But, um, you know, we eventually teed up for coffee and by the end of that coffee meeting, we're business partners. <laughs> Which is crazy so, to think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was absolutely not, there was nothing to it other than just the energy was right. Yeah. And that's, I'll honestly say yeah. that. The energy awesome. was right. We felt like we we're on the same page and we just got it going. So absolutely that's actually- no hesitations, man. Yeah. yeah, that's actually something I want to sort of talk, like dive into a little yeah. bit about how we actually structured that too, because I think it would be very beneficial yep. for people to, yep. to know that. So, you know, when you've got a good idea yourself, um, I think finding someone else that supplements your skill set is one of the best ways to get things going. Yep. And you and I are, are, I think, a really good example of that. It's yep. very yin, yin and yang. Yeah, 1,000%, um, man. You know, so you're, you're, you're more so on the sales and, and yep. personable side, dealing with clients on the first interactions are more like systematic or a, a systematic mind. Yeah. So after the sales made, yeah, operational. So that hand in hand, I think it's a really good yeah. um, combination, something that's helped us grow really quickly. So I, I'm actually going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Love it, do it. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about how we actually kicked off our partnership. Yeah. The way we did it was I'd already invested probably about 20K into yeah. Defiant, building a website, doing yeah. some stuff, whatever whatever I was doing. And you, when we sort of decided to become business partners. Yeah, I remember, I remember exactly the response yeah. that I've given you, which was um, I make investments without financial risk yeah. at the time. Yeah. And I was actually already kind of spreading myself a little bit thin because thin I had just invested in a startup in South Africa, which was a which was an Instagram bot. And that's just before bots on Instagram basically got banned 
Um, and uh, yeah, so I wasn't really in a place where I wanted to outlay cash, but I wanted to prove to you that what I was actually bringing to the table was very valuable for a partnership. Um, so we set up a little KPI for the both of us. And I mean, from my end was to actually recoup or, or match the investment that Jamie had put into the business, yep. uh, which happened very quickly. So the, the way very that the business w- started was basically by leveraging a network that I had from the music industry, which was already existent. Um, I think you came to me with a bit of a hit list of like dream, uh, dream brands that you wanted to work with. And, you know, I had direct contacts with, you know, uh, most of them or some of them. And uh, we went straight into it and uh, we were able to lock in a, a bunch of fairly good clients from the get, which uh, created the foundation for, you know, Define Digital and the agency that we have today, man. Exactly. So I think that was the perfect way to kick off a partnership with someone. I've come to the table with this, you're going to come to the table with this and let's just prove to each other that we are good partners for each other. Yeah. And it was completely different stuff. Like I'd came to the to the uh, partnership with the foundation of the agency, a website and all this sort of systematic stuff. Yeah. And then you came with the sales and then that's how we just kicked it off and we knew, okay, together our skills are going to complement and it's going to work. 100%. So I've had... The reason I kind of wanted to dig into that is because a few people asked me that question. Like awesome, they ask, man. how did we get started? Yep. Or I've got this great idea. Um, what's the next step? Who what, can what, I get what do involved? You, what, what would you say, what would you look for as someone who's looking to build a business, uh, but they self-aware enough that they understand they don't have uh, the in, in, entire suite of skill sets to be able to do it? What would they have to look for in a partner? What they don't have. Okay. Simple awesome. as that. That's what they have to look for. What what you're a genius at, what your superpower is, you stay in that lane and find someone else that can come to the table with their superpowers that supplements it. That's honestly the, the best way I believe to look at it. Because if you've got two people doing the same thing, you probably step on each other's toes a little bit. Your ideas won't work. It's, I don't know. Look, I get, I'm sure a lot of people have had success with that too but i would yeah. i would definitely suggest finding someone that complements your skills yeah. um yeah that's i'm happy we i'm happy we dived into that and, and told that story so now it's now it's on the record yeah so um let's kind of stay on that a, a little bit longer so i mean we've been able to achieve you know some level of success within the past year yep. uh, we literally started this agency less than a year ago and it was just you and i and now we're counting about you know 20 plus heads uh and you know the goal is obviously to scale it to the moon as we say yeah, like to the moon <laughs> like keep swinging yeah. um but um like i wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about uh how important is recruitment uh, and the people that you bring on board to be able to actually create that foundation to then eventually scale a business? A business like ours, our people are everything to us. They're literally everything. So um, creating a culture where for a start, your your existing people love coming to work every single day. Um, that's where it all starts because if people love coming to work, everything everything f- happens off the back of that. Their, their work is quality. They they get results for you know the clients that they're uh, looking after, and the general vibe in the place is somewhere that breeds creativity. Yes, and I think getting that right first is the key. Once you have that right, hiring and bringing other people into that framework, 
gets really easy and it also gets really easy to know if someone's a fit or not. Mm-hmm. When you've got such a strong culture like that, you can instantly tell if someone's going to work yep. with it or if they're not. Yeah. So, And I think it, it's worth um, talking about our uh, internship program too because yeah. I'd say three quarters of the people that we actually have in-house at the moment have come through a very strong internship program. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a 90-day probation period where um, we – we teach them the skills to be able to succeed in um, whatever role they're trying to pursue. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing to see how we've been able to actually put together that program and having most of our um, employees and creators and talent come through the ranks, man. And and I think you were very responsible for that as well. So uh, props to you for putting that together and kind of, you know, sitting one-on-one with most of the people that have come through and and really pushing them to uh, to give us the, the best version of themselves. Uh, we've both, both of us have been very, the one thing that we're very much exactly the same on is the culture in the company. Like we're so aligned on that. Uh, And I'd say, yeah, having that as a focus, like one of our big, big goals for this year is to win awards for culture and creativity. Like that's actually one of our goals. If anyone from Mumbrella is actually listening. Yeah, Mumbrella. (laughs) Mumbrella, This is our submission right here. (laughs) But no, I think that's that's really good from both of us. And I think, you know, I think we should pat ourselves on the back for that because every single one of our staff has, has said that, you know, this is an amazing place to work. A couple of our staff have actually said this is their dream job as well. So mm-hmm. to have people saying that so early on in our history as a, as a company, uh, it's crazy to think what the next five or 10 years could be when we've got, I don't know, hundreds of stuff. Yep. Who knows what it could be, but let's just maintain that. Yeah. Maintain awesome, that culture. Man. Um, so there's another question that I wanted to ask you in regards to your, your nature of, I mean, you've, you've always kind of been a, an entrepreneur, right? So what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue their dream uh, as an entrepreneur? If you're young, do it as soon as you can when you're young. Um, if you're old, still do it. But for the moment, let's just talk about someone who's, who's young or someone in their 20s or even younger. I think trying to go for your dream when you're when you're young, if you do have some success, sets you up for the rest of, life, of your life. It allows you to back yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows you to take risk and see the reward. And I think that in itself is so, so powerful. Uh, there's a lot of people who have great ideas and want to do things, but they, they can't back themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like doing it, as young as you possibly can in your life just sets you up. Like I feel like now any sort of idea that I have, I'm going to do it. Like if I win or fail, I don't care. I I don't actually see failure as a thing. It's if I do something and I fail, I've just got a whole bunch of lessons there to learn from. So um, I forgot what the question was, but (laughs) hopefully that is. So what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue their dreams? I mean, you've kind of touched on it. Is there anything tactical? Structure yourself in a way that you can set up to succeed. So, you know, if you've got ideas, set yourself action points, hold yourself accountable, be organized and just don't don't give up at all. What about you? I, I and that's, ask and you. that's why Jamie is the head of operation, the <laughs> systems behind everything, yeah, systems everything. and structures, you know, make the dream work. If you've got, again, so many people have many, many ideas that pop yeah. up in their head day in, day out and they kind of, it's just like a fleeting thought. Whereas 
anything that I think about, even if it's 3 a.m. in the morning, sometimes I wake up with an idea, I put it down on paper and I set a task for myself to either action it or sack it. Um, if I'm actioning it, I'm setting proper a proper strategy to get it done. And I think that's, I don't know, that's my little secret. It might not work for everyone. Yeah. But what about you? What what advice would you give to you know other people that are looking to get into into business or trying to achieve something big? What advice would you give them? So the first advice that I'd probably give is that um, just becoming self aware of what you're good at and understanding that every single fear that you have is actually not your fear. Mm -hmm. It was given to you by someone else. Uh, like inherently as a as humans, there's only really two fears that we respond to. The first one is the fear of falling. And the second is very loud noises. Every other single fear that you have is actually being given to you by someone else. Whether it's the way that you've been parented, the way, you know, the environment that you've grown up with um, in. Um, so I guess my advice would be to just becoming self-aware that, you know, that fear that you might have in um, not wanting to start your business or pursuing your dreams is not actually yours. Mm. And the moment that you're able to unlock that is the moment that you're actually freeing yourself from any type of judgment so that you can pursue it. That's huge, man. And how, how do you, um, with you, you've, you're very heavy on like meditation and yeah. spirituality. How do you see that playing into like fear and, and, and what you just said there, like, is that a big part of managing that fear and anxiety and things like that? Um, so I, I've been doing a lot of work within the last couple of years. And I mean, like, I think you've seen it too. Um, and actually one thing that I want to touch on is that the, when we first started this agency, it was probably the lowest point of, of, of my life as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, and you sticking by me through this whole thing, through, you know, even the shit that I've kind of thrown at the, I guess the business relationship, you know, like I filmed a TV show and like I was missing for like seven weeks, regardless of everything that's happened, you believed in the partnership and you stuck yep. by me. And it's something that I'm forever grateful for, man. So- uh, oh, I'm gonna shed a tear on the camera, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I think that that was really important for me to kind of share. But um, yeah, going back to yeah, meditation and, and trying to, I guess, it's, it's not very much about finding myself. It's more about, again, shedding layers and, and peeling them back to, um, to be able to display my true self. Okay. Um, I'm a big believer that success is not achieved, is actually displayed. Uh, and, it, and it lives within you. It's all about, you know, peeling back those layers and those fears to be able to really be in tune with your frequency and what you've been put in this earth to actually achieve. Um, so I think when someone is very much in line with their purpose, that's when they just radiate, uh, you know, happiness and joy and uh, how they make things work. So to answer your question and going back to meditation, Meditation is something that I only found about, I guess, a year and a half ago. Prior to that, my radar wasn't, like I believed that I was very calm and balanced, but then uh, certain events showcased the fact that I absolutely wasn't, mm. right? Um, so meditation is a tool for me to be able to quiet the mind and that mind mm. chatter, that inner dialogue, the monkey mind, and really kind of focus and find perspective uh, on what's actually important for me. Uh, what am I here to do? And just being super grateful and thankful of like, you know, the things that I get to do every day, you know, coming to work, um, trying to build an, a literal advertising empire with you. Um, you know, the things that sometimes can kind of um, get blurred, but when I really 
pull it back and I meditate and I give and I allow myself to, to um, yeah, to not be caught up in the chaos, then that's when I'm, I'm really grateful for, uh, for what we're doing. Yeah. For sure. I think that's something I definitely have to learn a bit more from you, for sure. Uh, you've, your calmness is, has helped us in a lot of situations where I've been a bit making hasty decisions in the heat of the moment. So I think I'm um, learning that from you and I've gotten, I'm getting there slowly. 100%. We're getting there. But um, yeah, for someone that thinks so much, it's very hard for me to switch off for a moment. Um, but w when I've done it, it's been awesome. So I can see why people recommend it, all, uh, you know, all around the world. So for someone who doesn't meditate or someone who hasn't really been exposed to the practice or, you know, as you mentioned, you've only just started, uh, what are some of the challenges of doing that? Just actually, I, I used to think that with meditation, you have to think nothing. Yeah. But then I realized that it's actually about your mind racing and then you bringing yeah. it back. It's, it's the practice of doing that. Yeah. When I realized that, then I realized what meditation was. Before that, I'd turn on calm or something like that and- you know, I'd listen to all this airy fairy type thing and my mind would just drift off like, what the fuck, what the fuck am I listening to you? I have but, to respond to emails, you know, yeah. to send that proposal through. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but then I realized that meditation is actually the practice of going, having your mind race and then having it not race yeah. and I just think, trying think, to pull it back. Oh, for the, me anyway, that's what it is. The, the best way to think of it is that meditation is there not to control your mind, but to mm -hmm. not let your mind control you. Yeah, that's a good um, way of putting it. Yeah, so, very good um, way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, man. What awesome. else have we got here what, on the, the agenda? Explaining the vision of the podcast. So I think that's an important one to do today. Yep. Let's let's tell people what what are we trying to do with this podcast? I mean, for us, when um you know when you look at it from a I guess a business perspective, um it's 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 another outlet for us to be able to actually give value to an audience. Mm -hmm. uh, what we've realised is that we've been able to, through this friendship. Uh, in last year, built a multi-million dollar agency, but it was off the back of like aggressive uh, lead generation and, and sales and just putting our faces out there. And through that process, and I mean, as a startup early days, that's normally the blueprint, mm -hmm. but um, we realized that there's no solid brand that's actually been built behind what we're doing. So the podcast comes as a pillar to be able to be, build the fine as a brand, um, you know, as listeners and as an audience, you start seeing a bit of these snippets hopefully pop up on all different social platforms, but it's essentially a way to give value back to a listener without having to charge uh, anything. And uh, yeah. we're going to be bringing um, in a lot of different guests from a lot of different walks of life. Um, and yeah. I think for me as well, yeah, definitely. That's, that's, I'm really keen to sort of build the brand off the back of that. But I think I'm just really keen to hear people's stories yeah. and actually learn from them. So we've got such a diverse range of people coming through here. Um, our next few guests are, are crazy. So, you know, you've Alex got- Alex Hayes. So yeah, we can drop yeah. the first one. That's Alex the next Hayes. one. Yeah. Um, we won't get too, should we, should we drop a couple or no? Maybe just know. Alex, because it's Alex, the next okay, one. Yeah. 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 So yeah, for, keep, people we'll that don't know, for, for people that don't know, Alex is a big way surfer, adventurer, YouTuber. He's been able to build a, uh, a million followers across a bunch of different platforms. Uh, he's actually a uh, contestant in the new The Apprentice Australia. Yeah. Uh, which should air on channel, is it nine or 10? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be quoted on uh, that. <laughs> in March. But uh, yeah, yeah, so really excited to have Alex on. Yeah. And just, just some of the other people that are coming through, you know, it's not just entrepreneurial or business or anything like that. There's some 
some sports, uh, some sports people, Olymp- Olympians, even yeah. um, massive tech gurus, yeah. entrepreneurs. There's a really healers, diverse doctors, healers, everything. So there's a diverse range. I mean, if you guys have anyone that you want to see on here, definitely, definitely hit us up. Yeah, um, on, on Instagram at uh, Defiant HQ, you can just send us a DM and we can chat on there. Yeah. Um, did you? I think it's time for us to kind of go through the next segment. Let's do it. Um, so our next segment, which you'll find in every single one of our podcasts is called, uh, fire rocket questions. And it's basically 10 questions that both, uh, Jamie and I will answer for you in today's podcast. So the first question to you, Jamie, is if you could turn back time and change one thing in your journey, what would it be? I would just start my music career even sooner than I did at the age of 18. I'd start it. As, as soon as I could, that's what right. I do. And I, the reason is just because, yeah, backing myself and, and having that and seeing that happen was, has set me up for the rest of my life to back, to back myself in any idea I have. So I would have just done it sooner. That's it. What about right. you? Are, are you answering the question as well? Yeah, I think All we right, go one, one like for one. Yeah. All right. So yeah. did you want to ask the question again? Yeah. So if you could turn back time and change one thing in your journey, what would it be? Okay, so I'm seeing this question as like, let's kind of pinpoint regret, right? I'm not a person that really regrets anything, but I think that, um, I think to live without regret, it's kind of not acknowledging the fact that you can mend, uh, you can make amends and actually improve on things. So it's, it's very, uh, it's based on an idea that life is linear and I don't believe in that. There's, you know, you can actually use lessons and regret constructively to be able to mm-hmm. grow. So I use it as actually a, a fire in the belly rather than just, yeah. Well, on that note, what's the first thing that you do when you wake up every morning? Get up in the morning. The first thing that I do is um, actually snooze my alarm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my alarm goes off at five and then I've got another one that goes off at 5.11. So that's the first thing that I do. Um, a lot of people talk about not, you know, like how it's a bad habit to have snoozing your alarm, but I actually find that I don't judge myself for it. Okay. Uh, it's only once I, um, I enjoy doing it. It just gets me an extra 11 minutes of sleep. And then I just get up, grab a bottle of water and drink like yeah, a couple of sips of water and then straight to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Man, mine's nowhere near as exciting as that. <laughs> But um, I'm going to give my wife a little plug on this one. I always just give her a bit of a hug and a kiss in the morning uh, before I get cute. out of bed. So a bit of brownie points for me on that one. <laughs> a little snuggle. I love that, man. <laughs> um, all right. So who are your three dream dinner guests, dead or alive, and why? I'd say this is going to be a weird combo, but <laughs> Gary- hey, I'm expecting anything here. <laughs> <laughs> Gary V, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just because I- I don't know, just OG, love everything the, that he does. The Messiah. Um, I'd say Travis Scott. I just just love his music yeah. and would love to to meet him. Um, what would you ask Travis Scott? Honestly, nothing, man. Just probably, probably <laughs> just, smoke just a joint out. with him and kick back and, yeah. Just, just smoke kick, a joint. Smoke yeah. a joint, kick Should, back. Should we touch and just, on that? Yeah. Uh, not, nah, nah. <laughs> but um, no, nah, that's, that's what I do. And then the last one, ooh, Tupac. Tupac. It's an easy one, right. but yeah, Tupac. Yeah. I mean, you, you could say from those answers that you are very much in line with your purpose from a level of, you know, wanting to hang out with probably the best advertiser and marketing on the planet. Yeah. And then two awesome and, you know, world scale musicians that are just have impacted the world in a way that, I don't know, no one's really done, right? And Tupac did it more with just his music. Like the way he actually 
you know, went about his life and some of the stuff, some of the philosophies that he's yeah, kind yeah. of done. I know it was, it was an easy one. I mean, Tupac Biggie. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to say that one, but yeah, yeah those, those would be my three. What about you? Uh, mine's, um, so, so the first one would probably be Brene Brown. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know me, right? Yeah. Uh, so Brene Brown is a doctor and researcher that studies vulnerability and basically the layers of, um, you know, having to kind of let go of that armour. Um, so, yeah, Brene Brown would be my first one. The second one would be Esther Perel, mm -hmm. who's a psychologist that focuses mainly on relationships. Um, so she talks about, you know, how to best engage with a partner uh, within romantic relationships. Um, and then the third would probably be... Throw a wild card in there, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd probably say like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Just to like find real right. perspective on what actually matters. Yeah. Um, you know, peel it back to, yeah, just, I mean, one quote that I really like is, um, you know, in, in a world that profits from your self-doubt, uh, loving yourself is an act of defiance and I actually try and live my life uh, by that. And um, I don't know if the Dalai Lama said it, but uh, I kind of peel it back to that. It's crazy how that, phrase like goes with our brand as well yeah, like yeah. defiant so yeah. um all right so what's the last new thing that you've uh that you've tried i'd say this kind of just health kick that i've been on for the last <laughs> three months or so i used to like not eat at all i'd eat lunch at like 3 p.m and i'd just be you know i'd have a coffee in the morning and um just this new health kick that I've been on, I'm just eating like three times a day. I know it sounds normal, like that's what a normal human being does. <laughs> but for me, that's- eat. Like we actually had to, going back to structure, we actually had to create a structure so that Jamie would have lunch at yeah. 1 p.m. So now his calendar is completely blocked at 1 p.m. to make sure that he actually gets up and eats. Yeah, uh, it's crazy though. I've been eating more than I ever have. Obviously good stuff and like very, very healthy, but I've lost weight off the back of eating more. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a new. Th that's been a new thing for me. Awesome, man. You? So the last new thing that I've tried. Um, I mean, this is going to sound a little bit extreme, but I did a ten k swim a couple mm -hmm. of weeks back. I mean, swimming is not a new thing for me, but that distance was a new thing. Uh, so I'd probably say, yeah, ten k swim. Uh, I was inspired by this lady called Diane Nyad. I think that's her name. Uh, so she swam from Florida to Cuba at age sixty three. Uh, and I think she swam for 53 hours straight. Uh, so I highly suggest um, kind of watching a TED talk. Um, yeah, nice. I was inspired by that. And also another thing that I've just started doing is uh, drinking lattes, iced lattes with oat milk in it. I was inspired by Sahar. He's actually our <laughs> podcast coordinator. Uh, so that's a new thing that I've just started. Nice. Good stuff. What about, uh, what's the next one here? If you could only recommend one book, what would it be? Rising Strong by Brene Brown. So Rising that's Strong. that's the the book that I was reading at the lowest point in my life. And um, yeah, it's just amazing, man. Awesome. For me, it would be, uh, this is like obviously a business one, but it's called The Great CEO Within. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just the right book at the right time, yeah. but it took me a while to get through it because I was reading a chapter and then going and executing it, coming back. Yeah, It was just such a perfect book with actionable stuff in it. Yeah. So anyone that is in business or managing people, definitely uh, the great CEO within. I can't remember who it was by, but good book. Yeah. Um, Did what's, what's the best advice you've ever received? 
<laughs> okay, so um, I used to be, like, as a kid, I was very hypo. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you'd probably call it ADD nowadays. Yeah. Um, and one thing that my mum always instilled in me from a young age was speak up no matter what. So mm-hmm. do it politely, but if there's something that you're not happy about, uh, whether it's a teacher or whether it's an adult, make sure that you speak up about it. So that was a really great advice that I've been given. And also one from, uh, from my grandma, uh, my nonna back in <laughs> Italy. Um, <laughs> so from a really young age, which is going to sound so like, so fucked up, but she was always like, don't sleep on it. Non ti addormenta in Roman. Um, which basically means, you know, like when you're having sex, make sure that you pull out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice, mate. Very good advice. I, I, I so, back that. Yeah, you back that. <laughs> I back that. <laughs> um, so, it's, crazy that, it's crazy that you said like your mum and your uh, grandma as well because my best advice came from my mum too. Yeah. She, as a kid, I think when I was sort of like obviously very young, I'd kind of start things and just do them half-assed. And probably around the age of like six, seven, she's just, she went through this phase where she was just hammering into me like, if you start something, finish it and do it properly. And she just, she goes, if you can do that in life and be a good person to people, like they're they're the only two things that you have to worry about pretty much. So I feel like that helped me just be one of those people who has an idea and executes it. I don't know. I kind of tie it back to that. Yeah, yeah. So that was the best advice. Shout out to Dora. Shout out Dora. Amazing mum. Yeah, very good. Um, so when you reach the gates of heaven, what do you want God to say to you when he greets you? Welcome. Welcome. Welcome and enjoy. I love that. Very nice <laughs> and simple, straight to the point. That's it. Yeah. Um, you? For me, like I actually think about this quite a bit, right? And I think the scenario that kind of plays out in my head, not that I think, like the scenario that plays in my head is that God is actually there with myself. Mm-hmm. So there's me arriving to those gates, to the gates, right? And I can see the best version of me, like my higher self. And, you know, there's a, there's a dialogue, there's a bit of a conversation and I'm like, man, like I've been chasing you this whole time. And he looks back <laughs> at me and he's like, man, I've been watching I've been you. With you. Yeah. yeah, I've been watching you. And, uh, you know, when we look at ourselves, we look exactly the same. So that I've actually yeah. achieved the best version of myself. So do you believe in God? Like, are you religious or? Um, I think religion is a is a is a way to institutionalized uh, institutionalize our spirituality. I, I'd say that I'm a highly spiritual person. I mm-hmm. think that there's a the universe has a power to to make things work, and I think you know the reason why we've come back together. We're building a, a company. You know, every single employee that comes through the fine mm-hmm. that. Everyone's got their purpose and, you know, they're within, within the line of, of a bigger picture that the universe is trying to uh, construct. Um, so I'm highly spiritual. Uh, God is just, yeah, I've got my version of God. Nice, man. What's the next um, question? So what drives you daily to be the best version of yourself? To be honest, I think at the moment, it's kind of, this has kind of changed over the last six months, but I think it's uh, our team. Yeah. Our team drives me to rock up every day and be the best version because it's no longer just you and I yeah. in the company. It's, you know, we've got a team of 20 people who are looking up to us. Yeah. We're for, responsible for their well-being as well yeah, from a level exactly. of, yeah. So if we show up shit in a shit mood and, I don't know, negative and stuff like that, then it's not going to flow down into our team very well. 
if we and and that's what that's what drives me to show up every day and be the best version of myself these days. I love that. Man. <laughs> I love it. Yourself, man. For me, like I think about this. You know how people say you only live once. Um, the way that I like to think of that is that you only die once, but you actually live every day. So yes. what pushes me is to Huge. just, yeah, to just try and actually live life the way that I want to live it, mm -hmm. uh, not being influenced by you know judgment and the. The, the perception that other people have of me um, yeah. and, you know, kind of tying back to what you're saying, you know, showing up as the best version of myself uh, every day because I know that I'm putting in the work to actually, um, you know, uh, work through, you know, things like, you know, traumas or things that I'm not good at and, and trying to improve myself to, yeah. to actually be able to inspire people to inspire others. I think it's actually really cool having a team because it kind of forces you to be the best version of yourself yeah. in a way, you know? You've got people looking up to you every single day for for guidance and, and leadership. It's, you don't have time to, to sweat the small yeah. stuff. So I think it's a great thing because being the best version of yourself actually helps you get through shit in life too. And I think I th this is actually a, uh, a great upside of a partnership because mm -hmm. we're able to yep. hold each other accountable. You know, exactly. if you show up and you're in a ship mood, it's like, hey, Jamie, let's have a chat. Yeah, let's have a chat. Versa, you know, have let's have a chat. chat. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Awesome, so what, is, what does the word defiant mean to you then? Um, so for me, it's about um, instigating and provoking new thoughts um, and... Like, I don't think you can actually break free uh, from the crowd if you're seeking validation from them. Mm -hmm. So defiant to me is just do it your way, just pull back those layers to become your authentic you mm -hmm. um, and, and just provoke people to actually do the same. Awesome. That's, that's <laughs> solid, solid. What, what does defiant mean to you? When I actually chose the name, um, I think I chose it just because I'd had a music career and then, you know, that went really, really well. And then I tried a few things after that, that sort of failed a little bit. And for a couple of years, I was really lost. I was trying things, failing, 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 failing. But I kept trying shit. I didn't start, I didn't sort of go and get a job or a full-time job and just work in a cafe or do some shit that I would, that would bore me to death. And when I was thinking about names of the agency, the word defiant just summed up what I want this thing to be and the way I want to look at myself. I want to look at myself as defiant. So when shit happens, how are we going to defy that? Or even how are we going to defy the norm, the normal way that everyone else is doing shit? Yeah. Um, so that's, so defiant is just going against the grain um, and backing yourself and Pushing no matter what, defy it yeah no matter what just defy the odds yeah i actually remember that chat that we had about the name and it was actually that day at the cafe and you're like you know i've got this i've already created a website it's called defiant um and at the time i had an agency that was called yesbl media and i remember like kind of the the sound of it defiant and i was like man honestly i've got no ego when it comes to names or yeah. you know billing or branding like let's go with it yeah. um which yeah it was an epic way to, uh, to start this awesome partnership. And yeah, man. man, I'm so glad we finally did this first episode. Again, yeah. we've been talking about it for, uh, for a year now. Oh, wow. And uh, I think it's the, uh, the start of something exceptional for the two of us. And um, yeah, I couldn't be happier to, uh, to 
be building this agency and this advertising empire. And and actually, let's get a, rid of the word advertising because I think there's a lot that we can do together yeah. within the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm super excited and super happy to be able to call you a mate, a brother, a business partner. And um, yeah, Likewise, to us, man. man. Awesome, man. Yeah, I can't wait as well. It's it's going to be so exciting. And also this podcast, just the people that we're going to be bringing on, it's it's going to be a great way for us to learn and further ourselves, but also for everyone else listening. That's, that's listening to to really get some value and learn from some of the, the brightest minds out there in all different areas um, and just cool people. So I can't wait. It's going to be sick. And that's a wrap. And that's we a did wrap. it. <laughs> Thank you guys. so much. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.